Hello, welcome to Off Air. What are we up to? Episode number 10 of uh, Off Air. It's our news, sport and pop culture podcast where Nick Stewart and myself pull apart our top three favorite stories of the week. Um, according to me, Tim Rubin, because Nick doesn't know what the stories are. Every single week I surprise him and I like to tell you first what they, what they're going to be. So, you know, what we're heading into, um, this week, what have we got on the list? Oh, we have Kanye West. Could he actually be the president of the United States? Um, we're going to really pull this apart. I've done the research. I've found out where he's at in terms of his application process, um, the history of him wanting to be the president, um, and also what this could actually mean for the United States. Uh, God, he, he did an interview in the last 24 hours about some of his views, and I think it's pretty scary stuff. We're also going to get into this. This is a topic that Nick and I actually have quite different views on. Pauline Hansen getting pulled officially off the Today Show this happened last week after she had some very radical views, but it's interesting because the Today Show are the ones paying her to jump on their show and share these views. So we're going to pull that apart. Plus, lastly, just a little baby one. Um, I think probably the most disgusting sporting event in history. It involves a whole lot of hot dogs and a new record that has been broken. We're getting into it on the other side of this. Tim, Nick, yeah, you with Nick, Nick and Tim, it's real talk, yeah. it's real walks, this ain't gossip, it's just what we say when we're all here, it's real talk, it's real talk, just two opinions, we spit what we say, we all here, it's real talk, it's true talk, it's two opinions, we spit what we say when we all here, baby. We're off air, we're connected, we're live, it's Nick Stewart, we're not live, it's a podcast. Well, we're live right now at this moment, which is Thursday, 12.49. We are live. We are living this, Tim. That is the way the fabric of time works. Uh, at any point in time, it can be revisited. <laughs> Hello, Nick. How are you? I'm good. I am quite happy because I am the most corona-free person in Australia right now. Uh, Tell me how. How does that work? Because you, um, we were going to record yesterday, a little bit of backstory, but you were under the weather and I messaged and I said, do you have the Rona? What's the deal? I am uh, 100% negative to coronavirus. I went and got, I was quite fluy and I'm up in Queensland. We only have two active cases up here, but uh, I thought I should probably not be that guy that starts the second wave. Uh, like in Victoria and my fiance Daz and I had also visited some elderly relatives over the weekend. So it felt, it felt a little bit like, have you ever been, uh, you fly internationally and you go through Singapore and mm. even though, you know, there's absolutely no way you could have heroin in your bag. Yeah. There's this little <laughs> thought in the back of your head, like, did I pack heroin? Was I not, did I maybe put heroin in there or is there any way that it just felt that way? So I went and got tested. Uh, it's a weird process, but I'd highly recommend if you have any symptoms whatsoever to go do it. And I got the results back in the space of six hours. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I have a funny story not to do with heroin, but not far off. Um, oh when I was a kid, I, um, uh, my soccer team used to tour around. Um, I was in like a high-ish level soccer team. And so we used to tour and we did a Canberra tour once and I stocked up on fireworks. And then later that year, my family um, and I went on an overseas holiday and it wasn't until the end that I went through my bag and realized that I still had fireworks at the bottom of my one backpack that I owned. <laughs> you were smuggling so goods. I, I literally, literally took explosives onto like five or six planes. Wow. So, 
Yeah, and it never they never picked up on it. And I went through some, yeah, would have gone through like Singapore. I think we flew through Israel, so like Middle East, you know. <laughs> yeah, they really clamped down on flights after uh, 9-11. You really can't get away with much nowadays. You would have definitely yeah, been in, in. <laughs> um, uh, Nick Picks, we missed out on our Nick Picks last week. This is our, our recommendations. Nick, do you have a Nick Pick for us? Yeah, I promised a goodie last week and I'm going to deliver. So obviously a little bit harder if you're in Victoria uh, because for the next six weeks, life is not going to be that much fun. But mm. for the rest of Australia, it doesn't matter if you are single, if you are in a relationship, if you are married, if you're de facto, if you're in a polyamorous relationship, I have a way for you to potentially get some free cheese boards, maybe some free wine, have a lovely outlook and be treated like a king and or queen. Uh, so all you have to do is find someone close to you of any sex and, uh, book yourselves in for tours of wedding venues. <laughs> no, I'm serious. This is the thing. I'm going through the process of getting married at the moment and mm-hmm. I am partly upset that we have now locked in our wedding venue because, uh, everywhere you go, they act really nice to you because they think you're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars. And often they'll even give you a couple of freebies. Like they're like, oh, here's a cheese board. And, and you get a great view. Wineries, I would recommend. Uh, potential yachts, maybe as well. How many of these things have you been on? How many did you get to do before you locked in your venue? Six. We did six more. <laughs> and it's great. It's a lot. Look, it's a day out. You usually drive yeah. there. It's somewhere quite picturesque. Uh, so I'd highly recommend it. Uh, and and getting married, I would think, is the worst time to do this because you're stressed and you're concerned about mm. the venue. I think you'd be a lot more relaxed if you were just there with a, with a friend. Do you think I could get it over the line with my girlfriend? Do you think she would think it was weird if I was like, I want to go uh, wedding venue shopping for the free cheese boards and wine and P.S. I'm not proposing? Like... I think, look, I think your significant other uh, would expect anything at this point, Tim. So, <laughs> so you want to be happy with anything? I do understand. Ha- no, no, I just mean you You have more harebrained schemes running than anyone I've ever met. So I feel okay. like for her, she would just take it on board. Pre- I, I've seen you meet people on a Friday and go camping with them the, the Saturday immediately after. Yeah, that was a loose weekend. Um, <laughs> So I mean, but I see what you mean. Maybe if you're in a young relationship, well, this is where it maybe it's not for you. Yeah, because then if you take someone else other than just the, the the person that you're in a relationship with, that's probably going to raise more questions. Why were you visiting wedding venues with that random person on the weekend? Nick Stewart, thank you for your Nick pick this and week. You- I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put that away and leave it on the <laughs> shelf. And never- I like how the recommendation segment has quickly turned into how can we scam places. Do you want my Nick pick? Yeah, 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 yeah. How or okay. what are you going to scam? Uh, no, mine's not a scam. Mine's like a real uh, recommendation. I've been listening to a great podcast this week. Um, have you ever listened to This American Life? No, tell me about it. Okay, so it's a long form. It's kind of like an hour-long episode every single week, and each week – they pick a topic and it's a bit like a movie. Each episode is like a freestanding thing and they just explore a topic. And I found one that actually came out a couple of weeks ago that has really intrigued me. Um, it's called Burn It to the Ground. So if you search This American Life and then Burn It to the Ground. And basically it's about all of the institutionalized problems that we have in the world at the moment. And um, they, in Amsterdam, had these terrible, terrible pro- problems 
with their firefighters and having like huge institutionalized racism and sexism and things like that. And, and it looks at, it's just a very specific case study on all of the things that they tried to do to change that one institution and the things that worked and didn't work. So uh, I know that there are a lot of bigger conversations around like police brutality, both in Australia and America at the moment, but it's just a really fascinating kind of inside look at one small institution that has that hundred year history of those really backward ways. Um, yeah, I've, I've been finding it really, really fascinating. So it's a great episode. I, that's my Nick pick. It's a good pick. I'll check it out. It sounds really interesting. Should we get started? Let's do it. Okay. Story number one. Nick, last week on the podcast, you said that Kanye West could be the president of the United States one day. <laughs> this week, it's our very first topic. Uh, Kanye West, in a tweet, announces again that he is going to be running for in the presidential candidacy. Um, there are a lot of parts to this story. Nick, I'm guessing you've seen it. What do you think? I have seen some of it, but I genuinely sort of from the, you'll have to fill me in with the, with the brush strokes, mm-hmm. but it really sort of just sounds like Kanye West and Elon Musk, famous for SpaceX and Tesla, got on the wines and got a little trigger happy on Twitter. Uh, do you think, because he hasn't actually submitted any paperwork as far as no, I understand. he hasn't. Um, so it's very interesting. So this came out because he he did tweet it and he said, we must now realize the promise of America by trusting God, unifying our vision and building our future. I am running for president of the United States. So that Cough and dropping an album. Cough. Yeah, and dropping an album. And as a side note, um, the Kardashian season, whatever, 28 or whatever, is oh, coming out in the next month. Or so. coming out. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. There are a few different things. Firstly, I want to start with the background because I've looked into this and he's been talking about running for president for a while. It first started um, in August in 2015. You might remember it was at the MTV uh, Video Awards when he said he was going to be running for president in 2020. So that's the first time that he ever brought it up. Um, And then he reaffirmed it in an article in Vanity Fair where he said, yes, I am going to be doing it. Um, then after that, he met Donald Trump and then changed and said he was actually going to be running in 2024. So that was the first time that he flip-flopped. Then in 2018, he said he would be running again in 2020. And he said, I want you to think of it as a cross between the Trump campaign and the Bernie Sanders campaign, which are the two most opposite campaigns in the world. Yeah. Directly in the middle, I think. Yes. (laughs) Um, then in, uh, 2019, he did an interview where he said, uh, he was going to be doing it in 2024. So he kind of has kept on going back and forth. And now he said, no, I'm going to be doing it 2020. But like you said, he's yet to file any paperwork. So he's already actually out of the running in like 10 different States. There's <sighs> a lot of background. Do you think that, do you think that any of it is real or is it complete bullshit? What do you think? I think that he probably believes it. I think it's actually a real shame. I think above anything else, it's a real shame because he would have a very strong supporter base uh, if he chose to take this. I mean, we're talking about a country that elected Donald Trump. So anything is possible. And if he did choose to take it seriously, he probably could sway some things and he probably in some respects could do a better job than Donald Trump. 
So I think it's disappointing that he is stringing people along with this false promise. Do I think he would make a good president? No. No, certainly not. No, right? But, no. But at the but but at the moment he's just flapping his gums. And now Paris yeah. Hilton's come out and said she's going to do it. A whole bunch of people are just talking shit, really. Ultimately, he's not affiliated with the party. Generally, in, in, in America, you can run as an independent, but I, I don't know. I'm sure it's happened, but I don't know any independent president. Mm. Generally, you have to be affiliated with either the Democrats or the Republicans, and he hasn't done either of those two things. So he's come out, he's done uh, an interview with Forbes magazine just in like the last 24 hours where he's actually fleshed out some of the stuff. Um, firstly, he said he's aware that he has missed the deadline to appear on the ballot paper um, across a number of states. But he said that he is lining up an inter a meeting with Jared Kushner in the White House. Um, and he says he basically wants to ask for an exemption because of COVID um, to so be put in. Such so, a self-absorbed dickhead. Because why would Jared Kushner do that? Why would I don't Jared, know. Why would the, the son-in-law of the current president like, like if, and the other thing, the more glaringly large thing is you would suspect that the majority of Kanye West's supporter base are probably not going to be Trump voters. You would yeah. expect that a large amount of the African-American population of America are going to be disenfranchised with Donald Trump. So if anything, maybe Donald Trump will do it because it's only going to weaken the Democrats and the Democrats, the Democratic side. It's only going to. That's a really interesting up. idea, actually. Yeah. Well, I hadn't thought about it like that. I, I mean, it definitely. The more infighting that he can create amongst Joe Biden <laughs> and Kanye West, probably the more successful Trump is going to be. Um, he did continue, and this was this was the bit that kind of spooked me a little bit because up until now, this has really been a big joke, and he's never even had any. Um, he's never had a platform. He's never had a, a, any issues that he's spoken about. In this Forbes interview, he does speak about some of the platforms. Firstly, he says, um, I'm going to be calling it a birthday campaign because when I win, it's going to feel like everybody's birthday. So that just fits in well, with the batch. That. That's just batshit crazy. But then he goes on to talk about um, COVID-19 being an, an election issue. And he says, it's so many of our children that are being vaccinated and paralyzed. So when they say we're going to fix COVID with a vaccine, I'm extremely cautious. That's the mark of the beast. <laughs> <laughs> he then says they want to put chips inside of us. They want to do all kinds of things to make it where we can't cross the gates of heaven. These are his, those are his exact words. That's the quote from his interview from the last 24 hours. This is the line that it was funny, like on Tuesday, when I read things like that about him talking about the mark of the beast, Nick, this is a very, very concerning thing that this man could be in power. And he, I mean, he, this is insane, right? This is completely insane. Oh yeah. But, and, and people that vote for him need to take a good hard look at themselves, but there will be people that vote for him. Um, uh, you know. What, what do you want me to say? He's a dickhead. I think Kanye West is a dickhead. I like his music. His music's great. A lot of musicians are dickheads. That's it. Like when you meet them, uh, it is surprising uh, their views on things. Or it isn't because they write music. And that's a great skill, but it doesn't translate to a lot of other parts of life. Yeah. So I just, I watch this space. But I mean, 
what what could happen that's crazier than Donald Trump, a reality TV star that's been bankrupt multiple times, uh, relating to the everyday man, even though the fact he comes from an extremely wealthy multi generational family. I don't know. I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen. The thing that I always find interesting is I think it's really interesting when these these very high power people get um into these conspiracy theories because Kanye West is really in the highest most upper echelon of society that exists. He's friends with Donald Trump the president. Uh his wife is friends with Donald Trump the president. When he's saying they want to put chips inside of us, they want to do these things. Who's he talking about? He is like like when people talk about the Illuminati, they talk about Kanye West being yeah. in or leading the Illuminati. So if he's talking about this conspiracy theory group, who's running it, mate? Because if you're not in it, it doesn't exist. Well, it's fun though. It's nice, right? To 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 believe in conspiracy theories absorbs yourself of any responsibility. It immediately uh, means yeah. that there's other people that are dictating your life. Too. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. that's the whole point. It, it's, it's great. It's great because you don't have to have any sort of personal responsibility because you think that there's these higher powered people. Like you've met people, people. Yeah. And I've, I've been fortunate enough in my life to meet people that are very high up in business and very high up in politics. The sad reality is they are no more or less uh, talented or gifted than the majority of anyone else. Uh, mm. they, they've had a lot of drive. They've had an occasional amount of luck, but usually they're just beating their head against a wall like everyone else. Right. And, and, and you're saying that like, it's not because people kind of assume that it's some higher magical thing that makes people successful, makes them because they're a part of these organizations. Yeah, or they're not, they're not but, superhumans. Yeah. They've just no, had a really, just regular. yeah, regular people. They don't even have particularly high. Dr. Carl, uh, Dr. Carl Krizalitsky the other day said to me that he has an IQ of 110. He just wow. listens to smart people. He said, I'm not very smart at all. That's the secret. I just listen to smart people and I read books. Yeah. Interesting. Great. All right. Should we put that to bed? See you later, Kanye West. Hopefully we don't see your name on a ballot anytime soon. Yeah, do it. Whatever. I don't care. Like, run for president. That that whole country is a shithole that's going to hell anyway. (laughs) Wow. Story number two. Story number two. The Today Show has radical racist Pauline Hanson on <laughs> and then gets angry after she's radical and racist and they remove her from their program uh, permanently, indefinitely. We're not sure entirely. Nick Stewart, I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. I feel sure that you've seen this floating around and I know that you and I have very different opinions on this topic and on this woman. Um, what do you think? So... Uh, do you want to fill in the backstory of what she was talking about? Because what she said is pretty outrageous. What she said is quite outlandish. Uh, yeah. So she was speaking about the 3,000 people who are locked down in um, housing commission blocks across Melbourne, in Flemington and in Kensington, obviously for COVID-19. Um, and she said, these people can't speak English. They are drug addicts who are now having their habits fed at public expense. She didn't even say it that eloquently. She also said they're alcoholics and they're being looked after in that way as well. So basically she said all the people in the housing commission can't speak English, drug addicts, alcoholics, and the state is just paying for their drugs and alcohol. 
that's it in a nutshell yeah yeah that's about it that's about, and then yeah. the today show who have had her on religiously uh came out and said they're ending their relationship which means they're not going to pay her money anymore because that's 100 percent. i guarantee you what they were doing allegedly mm. uh was paying for her presence on that show um look i have had uh in in my uh everyday life i'm on a radio show and i've had pauline hanson on as a guest uh and and you as- questioned me about it I've questioned you about it and I've never had Pauline Hansen on any of my radio shows and I wouldn't. So this is what, when I say we have differing views on this, um, because I feel like giving these people a voice um, justifies their views. And so I think it's good that the Today Show has removed her, but I also think that it's ironic because they put her on so that she says says racist things. And, and as a funny little side note, we... Um, when I was in radio, we would have the Today Show on in the background just to see when news stories would pop up. And Pauline Hansen has a spot, 6.40, or had a spot, 6.40, um, every single Monday with them. And they would just prod her and ask her racist-y questions to see oh, if she yeah. would say something crazy. And, and which is what you do. That's what you do when right. you get Pauline Hansen on. You, 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 you position it. And again, it's, look... She's, this is the thing. She is a senator in Australia. She is voted in, uh, and the Senate is a ragtag bunch of lunatics anyway. But she, she has, when you say giving someone a platform, she has that platform. It or, in my opinion, it already exists. I think what she said was abhorrent. And I think uh, if the Today Show want to ban her, then that's a cheesy headline that they've gone for. But ultimately, as you said, they trounce her out there to get these headlines in the first place. And then they push her into corners. And and no doubt there's people in her pocket that would have been geeing her up to say that friend mm. stuff. Like, that's the situation. And when we've brought her on in the past, you are, I guess, partly doing it for, for a headline. And when I've spoken to her personally, she is well aware of the role that she fills in Australian politics. She knows really? she says outlandish stuff. And she has no interest in trying to win. She just feels that if she pushes the post out X amount, the middle is a little bit further her way, if that makes sense. Okay. So yeah. she's yeah. she's under no illusion that, uh, that, you know, the One Australia Party or whatever the hell she's part of now, One Nation, uh, will ever be in a position of power in this country. But she just feels that she's furthering the discussion to the right to, to pull Australia along that line. Um, what, what she said was disgusting. And I just want to reiterate that again. Mm. We actually spoke to, um, a guy called Nico El Marquez, who's in, uh, one of the Kensington towers earlier in the week. Uh, and I put it to him that Pauline Hanson thinks he's a drug addict. Uh, and he just laughed at it and said, um, that, you know, very few people in these towers are drug addicts. Many of them are students and many of them are carers. Um, But in terms of giving a platform, that's their prerogative from a commercial standpoint. So they believe that now she has reached the tipping point where it's going to hurt from an advertising perspective. That's the Mm. only reason they would have got rid of her. They wouldn't have got rid of her because they were personally offended by what she said. Do you think that it's a little bit kind of tongue in cheek because they bring her on, they ask her the questions they and they actually publicized her answer because they 
they tweeted straight after the show a clip of her talking and they said, Pauline Hansen has made a number of controversial comments on Melbourne public housing quarantine this morning. What do you think? Has the One Nation leader gone too far? So as soon as she did it, they actually went about making clickbait out of it. Yeah. I think that the Today Show should be held more accountable because even though Pauline Hansen was the one who said these things, they're the, they're the machine that is encouraging her to do this and they're the ones that is feeding off it because they want to get these clicks and these comments and these retweets and now they're the ones trying to look good and go, well, we're stepping away from this. I think that people need to be made acutely aware that the Today Show is implicitly con- uh, in control in this entire situation. Yeah, and I think that's the key message is uh, people in commercial television do things for commercial reasons. And this was a commercial decision. They knew mm. they could get big headlines. And then, as you said, they invited her on as a guest. She doesn't yeah. just walk into the studio once a week. They know what they're getting from her and they know she's crossed the line and now they look good by saying no to her. So that's where it's, that's where you're hundred percent right. We need to hold these commercial mechanisms more accountable, but I think we are naturally anyway. I think now when people consume media, they do it in a smarter way than they ever have before. We're, we're far more aware of the puppet master's strings than we ever were, but it's always good to point it out. Yeah, yeah. I am weighing up right. Full disclosure, uh, yeah. myself and my show right now are weighing up whether we try to get her on tomorrow morning. There's an opportunity there. Uh, and uh, at this point in time, we've all sort of decided it's probably for the best not to. So what was what would the argument be for it? Because, because you have had her on before. And I mean, I don't think that she's... I think that that giving her your platform, and I know that you said before that she already has a platform, but by giving her your platform, you build her platform and you also normalize her perspectives. So, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely interested. You've had this exact conversation before and you've gone, okay, we're going to have her on. And now you've said we're, we're not going to. So what's changed in the middle? And I don't know, what was your reasoning last time? Well, the only reason now to bring her on would be to burn her. That's, right. that's the sole reason. You'd bring her on to hang up on her or do something really cliched. Or alternatively, you'd bring her on and then bring Nico on. So bring yeah. uh, the bloke who is in the tower and confront her with that reality as, and make that a human. But you're not gonna, ultimately, you're not going to change. So this is now we're talking about media strategy and the, and the yeah. conversations that you have. But you're ultimately not going to change Pauline Hansen's opinion. And you're no. also not going to change the opinion of the, the very, very vocal minority of people that do support her. Yes. But if you alienate her, and this is a, this, now we're getting quite macro, but if yeah. you alienate her publicly, like the Today Show ha- has, or like the Australian media has this week, that can actually have a really negative effect and feed further into the conspiracy theories of her supporters. Yeah, because it cauterizes them. It emboldens them because they go, look, the media's trying to crush. But but on the flip side of that, when you put Pauline Hansen in a conversation, so when you and I are having this conversation right now, you have 50% of it, I have 50% of it. And so for anybody listening, they feel like either side is is a justified side to fall on. Yeah. So when you put Pauline Hansen in a conversation with whoever, 
she has a radical perspective that maybe epitomizes what like a, like a small percentage of the country. Let's say it's a small percentage. It yeah, let's say it's five percent. Yeah. Like okay, so you put Pauline Hanson in a conversation. She represents five percent. The other person represents the ninety-five percent. Um, and a much more uh, egalitarian perspective. Yeah, but it but, depends on the person, though, Tim. I think. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But but when you put them together, they. If you're listening, it sounds like it's fifty-fifty because those are the two options. So it normalizes her perspective, and it makes it feel okay to align with them. And that's what I think is tricky. It is tricky. It's really hard, but we can't run away or just try to. Uh, can't, like it comes back to cancel culture. You can't just mm. run away from from positions that scare or frighten you. You should actually denounce them. So, right. but as you said, the flip side is you're inviting her onto your show, and that's the that was the way up for us. Like, there's no point in intentionally being nasty. That's not who I am as a person. Yeah, part of my shtick. So, do you bring someone on to be intentionally nasty to them and then ruin their relationship? They're 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 a functioning member of the Australian political landscape. And they're voted in. Like this isn't some yeah, that's true. person who hasn't been voted in who's just saying crazy ass shit. Uh, and they have been consistently voted in for 25 years. You could make the argument, and this is this is going to piss you off, Tim, but you could make the argument that she is Australia's second most successful female politician of all time. <laughs> Under Julia Gillard. Yeah. I mean, she's been around for a long time. Julie Bishop's been around for a long time as well. But, I mean, she's up there. She's up there. Yeah. It's an inescapable fact of our country and those people are out there. So is there a chance that her supporters could listen and if you do it in a, in, in a, in a way that appeals to them, you do change their mind? I probably don't think so. And that's the reason we've aired away from doing it. But it, it's, it's a broader debate. But you can't just hide these parts of Australia. I don't agree with them. And I've told her I don't agree with her policies or what she stands for. Uh, and she was accepting of that. And I guess that's the bigger thing. So should we not be accepting of what she doesn't? We can't just all fucking cancel everything, I think is the point I'm getting. That's at. true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can't cancel everything. All right. Should we move on? Yeah. Story number three. I, that was good. That challenged me. That was that, And that's the point of us having these conversations. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we sit on different sides of the coin of this, so I enjoy that. Okay, yeah. let's move on. Story number three. Story number three, Nick, we've had um, two very hefty stories so far today. So are, are you ready for, I think, the story that you're going to be more excited about than anything else? Let's do it. Joey Chestnut sets new record with 13th <laughs> great hot dog eating contest win. <laughs> the you single know greatest athlete of this century. You know what I'm talking about as well. I don't even have to say any more, do I? Nick Stewart, have you seen it? What do you think? Yeah. Tell, tell us what it is. He's a god. So it's a hot dog. Is it? Oh, I can't think of the exact name of the guy. Uh, but it's a specific hot dog eating contest that happens every year in America. People train their asses off for this on a yearly basis. Uh, as, as someone who had to retire from competitive eating, I feel for them. Uh, like you go through the struggles, man, and it's a real sport. And Joey Chestnut is the king of it, as you said, fourteen-time world champion, thirteenth, thirteenth time. Um, yeah, and he'll be fourteen next year. He ate 
75 hot dogs in 10 minutes at the Coney Island uh, 4th of July hot dog eating competition. He beat his own record, which he set last year. It was 74. This year it was 75. He ate fucking 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Do you know how disgusting that is? I know. I I couldn't eat 75 hot dogs in three days. (laughs) It's actually, it's it's mind-boggling the numbers they put up. I mean, ultimately, it's the biggest uh, nod to capitalism I think we've ever invented. So it's unsurprising that it happens in America and the spiritual heartland of their theme parks, Coney Island. Um, But it it is incredible. You know I have a relationship with food and I've also had a relationship with competitive eating in the past. I was Tell us about your competitive eating. I know it because you weren't joking before. No. I've seen I've seen you do a competitive tell us. Tell us your story. I did I did seven competitions over a space of eighteen months and I won six of them. So good. Um I've I've won a twelve month gym membership. I've won an Xbox. I've won a whole. <laughs> I love that they give away a gym membership for the person who can eat the most. I know. Uh, guess what? Newsflash didn't claim it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty safe bet from. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Make it a ten-year membership. It doesn't matter. He ain't coming. Uh, my my uh, area of expertise wasn't Joey. Jo- Joey Chestnut's a volume eater. I'm a speed eater. I'm still the unofficial world re- uh, world record holder for the most chicken nuggets eaten in a minute at 14 with one hand, uh, and you're allowed to use water. Um, which you did as a radio stunt and I watched and it was because that's a real Guinness record thing and you were like fuck it I can beat that and you did yeah it was uh, look my doesn't matter man Uh, you just gotta fight Uh, as someone who has been a professional athlete uh, in regards to competitive eating uh, you just got to push through, man. Like train every day. Uh, I did it for the boys. I dug deep and I got it done. Um, and then my fiance Jazz came down very, very bloody hard and very quickly on me and was like, "You need to cut this out because I'd gained about fifteen kilos." <laughs> 12 months. Um, but I came out of retirement briefly in Bundaberg and won a uh, Big Mac eating competition and won a Sineski and a whole bunch of other stuff. How uh, fast did you eat a Big Mac? Oh, I think it was about 42 Gen-Z. seconds. No, no, it was a bit longer. It was 38, so maybe two Big Macs in 38 seconds or something. Uh, the next, because they sort of like, I mean, people think they're good at stuff. It's like when people drive cars and they're like, oh, I could be a racing car driver. Yeah. I don't want to directly compare myself to racing car drivers. But when the body is a Lamborghini, you need to know how to start it and put the indicators on. And I do. Um, and so, like, they would sort of jing me up and they're like, oh, you know, yeah, you could probably do it. I said, look, I'm going to do this. A, you're going to be disgusted watching it. And B, I, I will win. I'll tell you right now. Because I said yeah. the first time of the day. And I smashed them down in 38 seconds. And then I got a phone call a day and a half later. And they're like, oh, yeah, second place was two minutes 10. Like, <laughs> you got to know how to do it, baby, before you're going to take on the champ. And as I said, Joey Chestnut, forget LeBron James, uh, forget Tiger Woods, forget Serena Williams. They are all chumps in comparison to Joey Chestnut. He is unassailably the greatest athlete of this century. I think we need to end today there. I don't, I have nothing to say that can ever top that. Well done to you, Joey Chestnut. 
I love, a lot of today has been ragging on America and especially just harking back to the beginning. Like come, how, ama- how amazing that America's sport is basically just speed obesity. I know. <laughs> it's fantastic. It, and, and, and I want to point out, world hunger is a thing. <laughs> like imagine a small underprivileged village mm-hmm. somewhere in a low socioeconomic area mm. handing them 75 hot dogs and being oh my like, God. Yeah. A, this is meat. But B, a man ate these in 10 minutes. In 10 minutes. In 10 minutes. It's disgusting. I was actually tossing up for the last story. I had two options. It was that and um, the landslide story about TikTok apparently being spyware designed by China. I thought that the hot dog stuff was probably better to go with. More right. in the wheelhouse. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. There's uh, off air for another week. If you've got any ideas that we'd love to hear from you, um, or just get in touch on our Facebook page. You can join the group. It's called Off Air. Nick, have a great week. You too. Love you. Rate and subscribe. Subscribe. Give us stars. We'll love you.